and good afternoon. This is Alicia Bales live in the studio with Dr. Drew Colfax, who is not live in the studio. Hey, Drew. Hello, Alicia. How are you? Hey, very well. How are you? Are you on vacation? Oh, some small semblance of a vacation, yes. <laughs> Good for you. This is But headed home. Headed home. This is the local coronavirus update. We have news for you about the coronavirus pandemic here in Mendocino County as we have for the last many, many, many months. <laughs> <laughs> many months indeed. So, long COVID. And we're going to do a we short... Call it, we should just change it to long COVID show. The long and the short of it. We're going to do a short show today, 30 minutes, but we'll still have time for your questions. And the call-in number here is 895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. So why don't we bring everybody up to date and then open up the phone lines? Sure. So we're actually seeing a little bit of a surge in the county. Um, we're averaging over almost four a day, uh, four cases a day, bringing our total up to 4,108. Um, this is Friday's data, so it's a little stale again. Almost 120 people in isolation and quarantine. Um, we actually have, um, as of Friday, five people hospitalized with COVID in the county, one in the ICU. Positivity is still quite low at 1.2%, but the the, the hospitalization numbers and the numbers in general definitely reflect the slight surge that anecdotally I talked about last week. Um, and so whether we're going to start to see a little bit of a flattening, it's hard to say. I can say that all the people that have been, maybe without exception, all the people that have been hospitalized and certainly the vast majority of the people that I have seen who are symptomatic enough to come to the hospital um, are not vaccinated, um, which bespeaks the power of the vaccine at keeping people out of the hospital. California continues to improve. Um, we're averaging around 1,500 cases a day and down about 20% over the two-week average. The U.S. is down 33% over uh, two-week average with still, you know, even though we're down 33% over two weeks, we're still averaging about 500 deaths a day. Um, which is way down from where it was in December and January, obviously. Well, and the big news, I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about the CDC's announcement that we don't have to wear masks anymore if we're vaccinated. Yeah, boy, that's, <laughs> that actually caught me by surprise. I just, I had talked about the possibility that that, would ha that could happen at some point um, for people who were not, who are vaccinated the obvious sticking point is how do you know if the person standing next to you is vaccinated or not it's just it's just a mind-bogglingly inept um recommendation undermines where we still are with the pandemic i mean we're looking at states nationwide with you know 30 percent vaccine uptake and so 70 percent of the people are unvaccinated some fraction of those people don't think that this pandemic is real and are probably not engaged in social distancing or any of the other precautions and certainly are going to probably you know some fraction are going to be willing to be less than forthcoming about their vaccine status so it's it's odd that they would make this recommendation to put it politely um i think in part it stems from their recognition uh that these vaccines are so remarkably effective and we really do know now uh, with a fairly high degree of certainty that if you're fully vaccinated, 
then the likelihood that you're going to get symptomatically sick or significantly sick requiring hospital care is quite low. I and mean, we're talking, you know, less than 1%. Well, 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 less than 1% um, of the people who are fully vaccinated needing that sort of medical attention, which in the end is kind of what we're worried about. My my caveat or my concern is for the people for whom, you know, it's a minority to be sure, but for the minority of people who do not muster a good immune response from vaccines, uh, immune suppressed, from the people who have, you know, some derangement in their immune system or who are on immune suppressing medications, those people are still vulnerable to getting very sick from COVID, even if they're vaccinated. And the CDC just ignores that that fraction of the population, um, which is, fright, frankly, really quite irresponsible. So I, it, you know, it's a two-part sort of decision that they made, I think. I think part of it was vaccines work really well, so if you're vaccinated, you've done what you need to do to protect your own health. Um, and then the second part, which they're not speaking to, is everyone's just tired of masks. Um, so it's, you know, it's partially politically uh, driven, obviously, um, and it's partially driven by the efficacy of these vaccines. It's interesting. I mean, my reaction when I heard the news was I cried <laughs> and that was surprised. I was like, wow. But because because it's sort of um, it sort of says the pandemic there's, is over for people who are vaccinated, which it, there's no crying in COVID, Alicia. There's no crying in COVID. <laughs> Don't cry. Well, I mean, it's been a long pandemic. Yeah, it has. And, you know, this this recommendation, uh, which is just that, to be sure. Um, yeah, it, it really doesn't bespeak any major shift in the pandemic in any real terms. I, you know, I think California will continue to require masks. I mean, there's really, it's not that burdensome. Um, you know, we've all gotten used True. to them. It's not that burdensome when we still have a substantial fraction of people um, who aren't vaccinated. We still have and will have people who can't muster immune response even once they are vaccinated. And we still have, you know, a decent amount of new cases on a daily basis, both locally and statewide, albeit it's improving. All those things point toward keeping the masks on until we get better control at this this was just way, way, way premature um, coming out of the CDC. Well, so it's good to see that they have they've continued um, their tradition of incompetence through a whole new a whole new administration. It's, this is it's really, not uh, inspiring confidence. Yeah, boy. <laughs> well, but the, it's important to remember all of us to remember that the CDC might give guidance, but they don't set policy for states and counties uh, by a long shot. So it's not like California's. Uh, Department of Public Health or our local Mendocino County Department of Public Health have changed their uh, guidelines for residents. No, but they they simply influence public policy, you know, greatly. And within, I think, 24 hours, 20, I think it's around 20 states immediately abolished the masking requirement. Oh, wow. Which, and, you know, those are the 20 states that have the lowest rate of vaccine uptake. So we're going to see, you know, we're not going to see a an L.A. or a New York or even a Detroit type of surge um, in the next month or two. But we're going to see surging case numbers out of those states that have dropped this, um, not only just because masks work so well, but because it telegraphs the sense that you spoke to that the pandemic's over yeah. and we can just go back to doing whatever we want to do, um, which is not quite where we are yet.
Well, and so where are we and what do we need to do? We keep we need to keep doing, you know, the, the easy things. And, you know, masking is an easy thing. Um, and so it, that needs to continue um, for the foreseeable future. And frankly, it'll probably continue into the fall. Um, it, so it's it's that's that's the first step. Um, the other easy things are. You know, sort of more relaxed social distancing. Um, but indoor events, if you can wear a mask, wear a mask. There's no reason why you need to take your mask down to go to Home Depot. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. So, you know, and then the other, the other sort of harder things and things that we've all missed are things like, you know, going out to restaurants and going to bars and going to movies. To the extent that that can be done with a mask on, you know, movies probably could open safely at this point with people are masked um i don't think that's a problem restaurants and bars a little bit more fraught just because they're indoors but you know even then if you have limited capacity and and um good ventilation that's probably safe for the majority of the people to go to if you're vaccinated or if you're comfortable with the concept of you know getting long COVID. it's up to you but uh those are kind of decisions that you know we can individually make but as a national policy we shouldn't just be saying let's get rid of masks it's just it's just crazy do you think part of it is as a as an incentive strategy to get people vaccinated i think so i think it i think it will help telegraph the notion that you know vaccines are effective and working i also you know i'm not sure how much that's going to weigh in that direction versus you know weighing toward people just not getting vaccinated and not wearing a mask. Um, pandemic's over. I've made it through the pandemic, and now I don't need to wear a mask to you know go about my daily activities. We'll see. I mean, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a fraught few weeks or a month or so as this plays out. Well, and a lot of people are just continuing to wear masks, staying the course, um, even if even if they're vaccinated. They you know, and in states that allow you to not have. Uh, mandated masking people are still doing it because it's smart (laughs) yes exactly and that's you know that's what i would encourage everybody to do i mean it's fine to get together with family at this point if you're all vaccinated um it's fine to you know have family get to small family get togethers get togethers indoors um but without a mask but you know if you're going out and about and you can wear a mask then just wear the bloody mask we're not, you know, it's just not that hard i kind of got used to it too you know it's like do i yeah, really want my face showing i don't know <laughs> well you know the other the other thing that i saw over the course of the last couple of days that's kind of startling you know we're at what around 50 percent vaccination in california but we have a over a 30-day supply of vaccine in california right now um, and so, you know, the, the rate of uptake has really flattened out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're, not, we're not on the sharp downward curve or trajectory that we were uh, for about two and a half weeks after the peak in early and mid-April. But we flattened out nationally at around two million doses a day. Um, and we're just not using it as fast as we can or should. Um, you know, here in Mendocino County, we're in pretty good shape, obviously. Our vaccine uptake rate is quite high indeed um but it's it's still a statewide and and certainly a national nationwide uh, problem just the slowing um uptake of the vaccine uh campaign but now of course we have vaccine available for 12 year olds so that might see a little spike in the vaccination numbers right 
I think it will. I mean, certainly will. But, you know, how quickly and how um, enthusiastic um, these adolescents are or their parents are um, for the vaccine remains to be seen. Um, It was, to be sure, a fairly small pediatric trial. Um, You know, there's no biologically plausible reason why these young teenagers would react differently to the vaccine than the older teenagers of whom there have been millions vaccinated. Um, But the actual trial by Pfizer was fairly small. And so I I don't think it's unreasonable if some parents are going to say, you know, let's just see how it plays out over the course of the next week or two. I have two kids in this category, and it should come as no surprise to you, Alicia, or to any of the listeners that they are getting the jab this week. Um, So you know, the data is quite good on it, but still, I can see why, you know, there might be a little bit of hesitancy and concern amongst parents there. Are you going to give them their shots? Oh, they probably won't let me do that. I was going to say, I don't know. That'd be weird. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. I love movies, but I just don't know. I was thinking about it this morning because our movie theaters are opening back up. You think it's going to be safe to go see a movie in a theater? Sure. Yeah, I do. If you're if you're fully vaccinated, if you're low to moderate risk of getting sick with COVID um, prior to when you're getting vaccinated, uh, and if you wear a mask while you're in the movie theater, uh, that risk is entirely um, acceptable to me. I mean, everybody has a different sense of it. It will feel weird uh, to sit in a movie theater with strangers, um, but. I, you know, that risk is certainly lower than going in and watching a movie during flu season without a mask, which is what we have all been doing our entire lives up until last year. Um, and so, you know, rationally, um, statistically, it's, it's quite low risk. Okay, well, that feels better. I really, yeah. really miss movies. It's one of the things I miss most. But um, anyway, should we open up the phone lines? Sure, let's go for it. Okay, 895-2448. This is the local coronavirus update with Dr. Drew Colfax. I'm Alicia Bales, live in the studio pressing the buttons. And you are welcome to call in and ask a question of Dr. Colfax. It's 895-2448-707-895-2448. Phone lines are open, so I guess we can just chat until someone feels like calling. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right. We have our first call. Hey, caller, you're live on the air. Yeah, let me turn down my radio here. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Okay, cool. So what's, um, can you explain to me if there's a difference between being immune and asymptomatic? Sure. So um, if somebody is asymptomatic, and, you, and this might be known by you, but somebody who's asymptomatic means that they actively have the infection. Um, so you're actively infected with uh, the coronavirus illness. You're just not manifesting any symptoms from it. But when you are asymptomatic and during that phase, you are also acutely shedding the virus, which means you are coughing or sneezing or shedding the virus into the environment around you. Um, so that's that's the asymptomatic illness that caught a lot of us by surprise last last year, um, this time, last January, February, March, while there wasn't much known about this. And then the second part of your question is what, what it means to be immune. That's after you get through the illness, whether it was asymptomatic or not. Um, then you have a period of immunity. 
we also now obviously have this immunity that is induced by the vaccines. Um, and so, you know, those are the two ways to have immunity, um, you know, either having had the illness and knowing you had the illness or having had the illness and being asymptomatic, um, in which case you might have been ill and and have had COVID and just never realized it, or you got the shot and you have induced immunity. The, the next question about immunity that a lot of people need to recognize is the question of durability. Um, and so how long does your immunity last? Um, and the durability of the immunity from the natural illness, so from the illness that you get from contracting COVID, doesn't appear to be super robust or super long, which is to say it wanes with time, which is why we have seen and all heard about people who have had COVID twice or even three times now as you can just get COVID again. The immunity induced by any one of these three vaccines appears to be much more durable, longer lasting and stronger. And so while you can still theoretically get COVID again, uh, the likelihood is markedly diminished if you have vaccine induced immunity. And so biologically, thank you for that great um, response. Biologically, you're, if you're asymptomatic, your body's just doing a good job at fighting it and keeping it in balance. But immunity means that it just has, it basically bounces off of you. Is that correct? Well, yeah, it, it may bounce off of you, but it certainly is not able to gain a foothold and reproduce in, in, in a biologically um, significant number um, if it does get into your body and start to reproduce. Um, and so that immunity um, is, you know, that's what keeps us from getting sick from, you know, all of the pathogens that we're exposed to on an ongoing basis. Okay. And if you're immune, you're not going to get a lot of the virus and shed it. Um, and if you're asymptomatic, you're just not going to feel the effects. You're still going to get the virus and you're still going to shed a heck of a lot of it. Is that correct? Uh, kind of, yes. But if you're immune, you may still get the illness, which is why these vaccines are not 100% effective. Um, so you may have what we call partial. Everything is you know, relative, right? And so you can get immunity from either having previously had the illness um, or you can get immunity from the vaccine. Neither of those uh, types of immunity is a hundred percent so you can still get sick you can get the you can get the illness again you could still get sick enough to start shedding uh, possible numbers of the virus into the into the environment around you it's just that the the incidence of that is going to be markedly reduced on the order of 95 to maybe even 98 percent with the vaccine induced immunity but it it will happen which is why you know, which is why we're talking about masks at the top of the show. Even with a, you know, even with a higher rate of uh, vaccine uptake, there still will be this virus that's being shed. Um, and if you don't want to get COVID, the masks are really the simplest, fastest way to prevent um, that from happening. All right, caller. Thanks so much for the question. Thank you. Take care. Hello, caller. You are live on the air. Hi, um, I'm pushing eighty. I have a lot of health problems. I got vaccinated way, way back, and I don't feel safe going around without a mask. And uh, there are so many people who believe all the lies. I mean, I had someone working for me who said all the myths and all the lies, and we have so few people vaccinated compared to how many we need for whatever herd immunity is. 
are they going to get, and what about all the tourists that come here from other states where they don't have to, I am very worried summer's here or coming. If we don't all burn down with wildfires, we're going to have lots of tourists here from other states. And are they going to get the word out? I have not heard anybody say in California it's different, that we're still supposed to wear masks. I know the nurses are all upset about it, and the store workers are upset too, right? Yeah, I, I think it's difficult, particularly for people in the retail industry, um, this this sort of mandate or this perhaps this rec- this recommendation from the CDC or this guidance from the CDC uh, is going to fall particularly hard on the people who are in the service industry because you're going to have you have people coming through the door every you know every few seconds and there's no way to know if that schlub coming in the front door of your store is vaccinated or not. Um, and if he's not wearing a mask, then what do you do? You ask to see his immune you know his his vaccine card. It just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. So as a policy recommendation coming from the CDC, it's just. It's full on stupid. Um, but for, for your other, one more your, thing your, other point, your other concern about about tourists and that sort of activity, that's actually relatively safe, you know, provided these tourists are respectful of local masking requirements. If yeah. I had a if I had a tourism based um, business and I had employees uh, working for me, then I would require people use masks to enter my place of business. You know, yeah. there, there simply is, you know, a no mask, no service uh, understanding, particularly in Northern California. And there's no reason why that should be abandoned, despite, you know, whatever the CDC may be saying or whatever, you know, Georgia, Louisiana and Alabama are doing right now. OK, could I ask one more thing? The, are you still there? I'm here. OK, uh, when they want you to eventually have a passport that proves that you have the vaccines and it's going to be online. What do the Luddites like me do with no nothing but a landline? How will we do this? They don't want you to show your little card. They want it all to be, you got to do something on the Internet. That really scares me because eventually it will go to that you have to have a way on your smartphone, which I do not own, to prove that you were vaccinated to do certain things. It's going to evolve to that. Are they going to remember the Luddites that only have a landline? And I will hang up and turn the radio back on. Thank you for the show. All right. So just to be clear, we're not we're not toward any notion of a vaccine uh, passport. Um, And frankly, I think that idea has come and gone with the possible exception. If you want to engage in international travel, there's going to be a requirement that you prove vaccine status. Um, but for for movement throughout the country, um, there's there's no movement at all uh, for um, a vaccine passport. Uh, I just don't see that happening. That was discussed back in the fall, but pushback on that is too strong. And frankly, it's becoming a a moot a moot point fairly quickly. Um, if if enough people get vaccinated, those who opt not to get vaccinated will will get covid um that's that those are sort of the choices that we have is either get vaccinated or get covid um and you know i i would encourage everybody to get fairly well informed about those options um i can tell you um that i see a lot of um remorse in the patients that i see who have elected not to get vaccinated at this point because they don't feel very good by the time they get to the emergency room and they oftentimes can't breathe very well and it's 
it's frustrating as a provider, just as it's frustrating as a provider when I see somebody who elects not to, you know, put on their seatbelt before they hurl down 101 and they hit a deer. I mean, it's it's a very preventable decision um, that that it's a very easy decision to prevent, you know, fairly significant, catas- potentially catastrophic outcomes. And oh boy, are they working hard to make sure that you have the vaccine opportunity that's free and it's happening all over the place, all over the county, and multiple times a day. How do you, speaking of free, I mean, this is astonishing, right? I mean, this is really the first time, I think without exception, that we have free federal health care available to everybody. Yeah. We might get used to this. I know. This might become something that, hey, people might be like, wow, this really makes a lot of sense. You don't need an insurance card. We're not paying billers and adjusters to figure out how much to bill and adjust for a vaccine. Um, that would obviously drive the price up. Right. I didn't have to weigh my, my expenses before I went in to get the shot. It was great. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's take another call. Hey, caller. Thanks for being patient. You're live on the air. Hi, uh, I'm Kirk and Ukiah, and I don't have a question, I just have a comment. Uh, great show, by the way. I've, I've uh, followed this uh, uh, Dr. Colfax thing for uh, months now, <laughs> a year, I guess. Uh, anyway, um, I, I just, I'll just i relay this just real quick story. Um, about, well, well, over a year ago, I was seeing a surgeon, I won't get into the details, but this guy was, in his, at least in his 70s, very well respected, um, super great surgeon. I mean, he's highly respected. Um, but he was a denier, and I thought he was joking one time, which was about a year ago. And he went into all this. I had no idea that this this stuff existed. Um, but he made a comment that Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci should be locked up. And I'm talking to you know board certified surgeon. And, you know, if a guy, this guy has to be a science, you know, has to have the science background, obviously. And I, and that was the first I heard of that. And then I saw this, this whole uh, denying thing explode. And it really surprised me. Um, but anyway, uh, just a comment, um, since he's uh, the surgeon, I won't give up his name, but, and he actually is retired now, but, oh, um, uh, and he was from Santa Rosa. Um, but I just thought I'd take, uh, Dr. Colfax's comments uh, on or off the air or on the air, I'll hang up. But um, yeah, these denier people are kind of scary, especially when you think of a guy like that. So anyway, I'll stop and uh, listen to the comments. Thank you. Thank you, caller. You know, Alicia, up until the last part there, when he said the surgeon was from Santa Rosa, I was pretty sure I knew who he was talking about, <laughs> which, which bespeaks what a small county this is, right? I was like, oh, that must be Dr. So-and-so, but I guess not. Well, it also bespeaks how that there's more than one surgeon who's a denier. I, you know, I, I think that the capacity for us to fall into these conspiracy theories really doesn't have to do with one's intellect or level of training or experience mm-hmm. or background. I think some of us simply have a... I, I hesitate to call it a gene, but a predilection to uh, attach to these conspiracy theories. Um, and it, it, it covers the spectrum, right? It can be on the left wing. It can be on the right wing. It can be people who have science backgrounds. It can be people who are, you know, working as physicians, certainly, um, that still attach to these nutball conspiracy theories. And it's, <laughs> it's 
really difficult to have a, co a coherent conversation around the margins of these beliefs. It's just a, it's like talking to a wall, really, um, because there are core beliefs that are held by the conspiracists, and it's it's difficult to assail those. Um, and this this is true with COVID just as much as it's true with the conspiracy theories around, you know, the mass shooting events and, you know, the Second Amendment gun control um, conspiracy. I could go on and on and on, obviously, but each time it's the same sort of, um, you know, just conspiracy based beliefs that do not respond to logic or evidence or really coherent discussion. But yes, it, it also befalls um, surgeons or doctors or even, dare I say it, ER doctors. <gasps> Have you run across it? Uh, not in the emergency room, not in my group, but I certainly see it with a, it's a very small minority of um, providers in the county, but there are some to be sure. All right. We're going to take just one or two more calls here. It's the local coronavirus update with Dr. Drew Colfax. The number here is 895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. We'll take our next call. Hey, caller, you're live on the air. Hi. Hi, hi, hi Dr. Colfax. Um, terrific show. Um, I, I'm a little bit confused, though, um, and I don't like the, what the CDC said. I mean, it makes everybody, a lot of people seem to think that everything's fine, A-okay, and everybody's safe now. Don't worry about it. Go about doing whatever you always have done. Um, and I'm still scared. Uh, even though I'm fully vaccinated, I feel more relaxed. Uh, but I am afraid of this disease very much so. So my question is, I'm a little bit confused about this masking thing. You're saying that if you go to a movie theater and you wear your mask, right, like if I was to go to the Coast Theater, which is a very closed space, probably not good ventilation, and I'm sitting within a couple of feet of somebody who's unmasked and coughing, can I... Forget whether I'm, let's say I'm not vaccinated. As a non-vaccinated person wearing a mask, can I get COVID from somebody who's unmasked sitting near me? Yeah, so I, I don't want to get too much into sort of the, the various scenarios, but to, to touch on your first point, I don't think if you're fully vaccinated at this point, you don't need to be quite so scared of COVID any longer. Uh, your vaccine-induced immunity is really ver very, very robust with an asterisk. Um, you know, if you're on some sort of strong medication suppressing your immune system because you have a kidney or a liver or a heart or a lung transplant, or if you're on Remicade or some sort of massively powerful immune modulating medication that um, control affects your immune system uh, for an autoimmune disease, then your immunity induced by the vaccine is probably very short and less strong, um, as scary as that sounds. And you should still be scared of COVID. But if you're fully vaccinated, then you can really actually relax quite a bit. Your hypotheticals, hypotheticals about the movie theater, I mean, it, it certainly requires some degree of control um, by, the, by the theaters, right? So you're not going to have people sitting in every row. You're going to have people separated out in some sort of groups, one can imagine. Um, and so you won't have, you know, some stranger sitting two feet from you, but maybe, you know, every third row will be occupied, which puts people six feet away. You certainly have to wear a mask. 
if I were in my 80s, even though I may be masked um, and even though I am fully vaccinated, a movie theater might not actually quite yet be the risk benefit decision that I would want to make. Um, is it fine in my 50s? Yeah, I think that risk is you know so low at this point for me um, or for somebody in my cohort or younger that that's that's acceptable. In your case, you know, if you're in your 80s, it's probably worth waiting a while longer yet. And the same applies to indoor dining. I mean, restaurants are going to be opening. They're opening at reduced capacity. But people are taking their masks down and they're eating and they're masticating and they're talking and coughing and sneezing. And it's just still possible, even if you're vaccinated, to get COVID that way. Um, and the working presumption of all of us even now, even in Mendocino County, where there's high vaccine uptake, is that every stranger that you encounter is not vaccinated. I mean, that, that's, that should be everybody's working presumption going forward until we reach, you know, an astronomically high level of vaccine uptake. Right. So uh, what I'm trying to get at here in my question is, unvaccinated, does the mask protect you from getting COVID from somebody who has it? Yes. Yes. The mask, the mask works, whether you're vaccinated or not. And so if you're unvaccinated and you're wearing a mask, it's going to help, but it's not going to be absolute. Right. And so, you know, it helps substantially reduce your risk. But, it, you know, movies are long and they're indoors. And frankly, they're probably not that well ventilated. Um, and so it because helps, little, but it does. It's a little bit it confusing prevent it because we were told not that long ago that masks that if I was to wear a mask, it would protect other people around me, but that I am not protected if they are not wearing a mask. But that has yes. changed now. People who wear masks have some protection. That's correct. That that sort of mantra, you know, my mask protects you, and your mask protects me. That we talked about just about a year ago um that kind of fell fell to the wayside this past fall when it became increasingly apparent that wearing a mask protects the individual wearing the mask as well as the person you know sitting across from them great that's good to know all right thank you for clarifying that for me i hope that helps sure. Those are definitely yeah, confusing no, I, issues. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. I <laughs> appreciate your show. It's terrific. Thank um, you. Thank you. All right, Drew, what do you want to do? You want to head on out or do you want to take one more call? Why don't we take one more call and then you can run through the vaccine events in the county. Perfect. All right. One last call. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Hello. Hi. Go ahead. You're live. Hi. Um, I have a quick question regarding... Um, I'd like to start my vaccination process, but I'm only going to be in the state of California for 10 more days, and then I'll be moving out of state. Is it possible to to do your first one here and your second one somewhere else? Um, short answer is yes, it's certainly possible. Um, the longer answer is I'm not sure how it's possible, sort of the nitty-gritty logistics. I might, if I were in your position, I might explore getting the vaccine at one of the national pharmacy chains. Uh, because they have a national directory of names and uh, birthdays by, you know, social security number or however you're registered or by phone number. And so you can get it at CVS or Walgreens here in California and then walk into one in Arkansas, you know, three or four weeks from now and get your booster, I imagine, pretty readily. Okay, super. That answers my question. Thank you. All right. Thanks for you're that. Welcome. All right. That's going to do it for the local coronavirus update today. Any last words, Drew? 
be safe. Wear your mask. Ignore ignore the CDC. <laughs> we'll all get through this one way or the other. And, you know, again, I, I don't think people should freak out too much about this masking thing. I mean, it's, it's just a recommendation. I think that the state of California will not follow it for a while. I hope not. Um, well, June 15th and, is coming you know, up. That's that's when the tears fall away. Is that yes, correct? The tears fall. Yeah. Exactly. Don't cry. The tears are falling. Um, What else? Oh, I know. It does make me feel more confident about being vaccinated, I have to say. Like, I'll I'll stay. I'll keep masking, obviously, but it makes me feel like, oh, I'm I'm in pretty good shape. I'm I'm pretty safe. You know? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, when I when I'm at work and I see somebody with a constellation of symptoms that seem like COVID because I've seen it a lot now. You know, the, the question I have in the back of my mind, which I ask usually toward the end of my clinical encounter is, have you been vaccinated? <laughs> um, and, you know, when, when somebody clearly has COVID type of symptoms, the answer, unfortunately, is always no. Um, I, I really haven't seen any exceptions to that other than a couple people I saw who were half vaccinated and then decided not to get the booster. Um, so, you know, they were you know, regretting that decision as oh, well. But, wow. you know, not so sick mm-hmm. as to be requiring hospitalization, but still symptomatic and, you know, presenting for medical attention. And miserable. Yes. All right. Well, on that note. Yeah. <laughs> we'll end on misery, Alicia. Well Let's done. put a pin yeah. in it. Until next Monday at 3 o'clock, you'll be back in the county. Live in the studio. Hoorah. All right. Have a safe trip home, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. We are going to now run through the uh, the upcoming vaccine opportunities for the county. There is one going on right now as we speak in Point Arena at Point Arena City Hall. It's today from 3 to 5 p.m. They're offering Moderna first doses for all people aged 18 and older. And you can schedule an appointment at mendocinocounty.org but all county vaccine events are also now walk-in events so you don't need an appointment to go down to the point arena city hall and get your first dose of the moderna vaccine uh happening right now Uh, if you're feeling inspired by dr colfax's advice head on down there uh wednesday may 19th in ukiah there's a first dose pfizer vaccine event at manzanita services uh in Ukiah, that's at 410 Jones Street. And that event is from 1 to 2 p.m. It's open to everyone 12 years old and older. But be do be aware minors need a signed parental consent form to get the vaccine. And you can find that at mendocinocounty.org. There's a link to the form. You got to print it out and sign it and bring it in when your minor uh, teenager goes to get their vaccine. Wednesday, May 19th in Ukiah at the Ukiah Fairgrounds. There's also a Moderna first dose event that is from 4 to 7 p.m. And Moderna, of course, is not yet approved for anyone under 18. So that's an event for anyone 18 and older. On Friday this week, May 21st, in Redwood Valley, there's a first dose Pfizer event at Eagle Peak Middle School from 8 to 10 a.m. That's open for anyone 12 years old and older. And these, uh, the next few events are at schools. They're especially for students and the families 
of students. Uh, so the kids and anyone in their family who wants to get a vaccine. So that one's on Friday. In fact, all three of these are on Friday, May 21st. There's one at Redwood Valley at Eagle Peak Middle School from 8 to 10 a.m., Pfizer First Dose. There is also a Pfizer First Dose vaccine event at Pomalita Middle School uh, from 11 to 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., again, for anyone 12 years old and older and uh, students and their families. And on Friday and Saturday, the Ukiah High, Ukiah High School is holding a Pfizer First Dose event. Uh, two days of Ukiah High School vaccination opportunities. Again, for anyone 12 years old and older, especially students and their families. On Friday, May 21st, the vaccine clinic is from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., so in the afternoon, 2 to 5. And on Saturday, May 22nd, they'll be giving shots from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Again, that's at Ukiah High School. For those of you who've had your first doses, but you're waiting for your second dose events, there are uh, Pfizer second dose events and Moderna second doses. For Pfizer, it's uh, Tuesday, May 18th. There's a second dose event at Leggett Valley School from 8 a.m. to noon for anyone who received their first dose at Leggett Valley School on April 28th. Bring your vaccination card, and that's true for all of these second dose events. Bring your vaccination card to those events. Uh, also on Tuesday, May 18th, that's tomorrow, there's a second dose Pfizer event at Laytonville High School. That's from 12.30 to 1 p.m. for those who received their first dose of Pfizer at Laytonville High on April 28th. And also on Tuesday, May 18th, there's a second dose Pfizer clinic at Whale Gulch School from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. So for that hour from 11 to 12 for anyone who got their first Pfizer shot on April 28th. Um, on Thursday, May 20th, there's a second dose Pfizer event in Ukiah at the Ukiah Fairgrounds. That's from 3 to 5 p.m. for anyone who received their first dose of Pfizer at the Ukiah Fairgrounds on or before April 28th or April 29th. And on Saturday, May 22nd, there's a second dose Pfizer clinic at Ukiah High School from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. for anyone who received their first dose at Ukiah High on May 1st, 2021. And then there is one Moderna second dose event scheduled by the county this week. It's Thursday, May 20th. It's a second dose Moderna clinic from 5 to 7 p.m. for anyone who received their first dose on or before April 22nd at the Ukiah Fairgrounds. You can also contact your local clinic or health center to find out about local vaccine opportunities maybe closer to you. Uh, pharmacies such as Rite Aid, Safeway, Walmart, Walgreens are offering vaccine appointments at their websites. And veterans can get vaccines at the VA clinic. Tribal health centers in the county are also planning vaccine events. So lots and lots of ways to get your shot if you haven't gotten it yet. Um, there are no barriers to verification at any of these county events. You don't need to uh, prove immigration status or anything like that. There's no effect on eligibility for benefits or anything. Some events may even, they are now starting to offer like goodies, like rewards for people who get their shots, like gift cards and gift certificates for food and other kind of donation things. So that's a little perk that wasn't around when I got vaccinated, but pretty cool. Um, make sure to check for that. Um, all county events, like I said, are now walk-in, so there's no appointment necessary. And again, just a reminder, bring your vaccination card for your second doses. And for minors between 12 and 17, bring a signed consent form from your parent or guardian, and you can print that out from mendocinocounty.org from their website. There's a little link there that has the PDF.
So on that, that's a good wealth of COVID information for this Monday afternoon. As we mentioned, Dr. Colfax will be back next Monday from three to four for the full hour for all of your calls. But we wanted to get him back on the road so he could get back to the county. Uh, so we did a, a, a an abbreviated COVID update or local coronavirus update for you today. I'm Alicia Bales. Thanks again for listening. Have a great afternoon, everyone. You've been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYXMZ Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Williton Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.